The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome once again to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, proudly brought to you by SJP World Media. I am Sai, and joining me as always as we jump around in one man's timeline, putting right what once went wrong, is Mr. Benny Mac. How are we doing, sir? I am doing very well. When I uh, I tried to find the description of the episode earlier, I was looking on season two and I was like, can't fucking find it. I keep forgetting we're actually on season three. Um, obviously we had a big break beforehand we are rolling forward now hopefully we'll be out every week maybe every other sometimes but generally i think we're smashing through yeah i'm doing all right man yourself yeah not too bad mate not too bad glad to be sitting down to get this episode out the way uh because it's one that i don't remember fondly and the watch back for the podcast will probably shed a bit of light on my my opinions now as well but i do know that you're very much looking forward to getting on to next week's episode so it's almost like oh, we need mate, to get out we the just, way first i was kind of looking back at when we started this i was like if we time this right we could actually release this on halloween as well and we haven't, <laughs> haven't timed it right and we are by the time it comes out it's going to be well obviously halloween's gone so it's going to be end of november christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh mate but i've uh I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping next week's episode is as good as it's roaring around in my head. So a little bit unfair on this episode, I think. I'm kind of like, yeah, let's get this one done because I can get to that one. But then it was like that with getting to the start of this season because mm-hmm. Leap Home and, you know, the Vietnam episodes are like, as you are, are like some of the freaking better um, better episodes. So, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I would almost said it then. And I almost said something then, but I'm not going to. We'll, we'll talk about it and we'll see where my head's at at the end of it. Because sometimes we've done these episodes and I've had a, like a, a sh- like a low score on my head. We talk about it. I'm like, oh, okay, fair. Oh, actually, no. Oh, yeah, fair enough. And then before I know it, it's gone from like a 1.5 to like a 3.5 because right, we, we've we've talked about it and uh, moved on <laughs> and stuff basically. So I'm I'm interested to see what you think about it. Um, one thing I want to do before we uh, move on to the tropes of the, some of the actors and get that law and order button ready. We haven't done it for a long time. I'm very, I'm more excited about the law and order button this week than I am actually. <laughs> we haven't done it. I don't think we've done it for a while. <laughs> I don't think we've done it for a while. No, no, uh, we haven't. So there's a couple of actors in there. One who is only um, literally in it for seconds. And I was like, I recognize that dude. And I've gone through his IMDb and I'm like, okay. And he's been in actually a lot of stuff that I have watched, but not necessarily obviously enough for me to recognize him in this, but he's literally like, can I get you anything else in quantum leap? And they say champagne and that's it. He's literally the waiter and that's okay. it. I'm like, so, um, but if you, yeah, I'll, we'll get into that in a moment, but so I don't know when <clears throat> will this, um, actually air, but I thought it'd be quite, I've been wanting to do like a bonus episode with you for a while. We have talked about it off air. I think we may have talked about it on a previous show back in the day. So my goal is to get this bonus episode out. I say me, <laughs> Mr. Editor over there. I used to edit the show. You do it now. Um, but, um, somewhere, I don't know, maybe like just before we go away on holiday on the holidays, maybe it'll come out, I don't know, 
on the 22nd of December or something like that. But we'll get it recorded ready for that, obviously. But we've covered this time travel show for the last couple of years. Um, obviously, yeah. since then, since we started a new new quantum leap uh series has been rebooted we will get this is not this by the way so if anybody's listening thinking we're going to do an episode from the new quantum leap we're not <laughs> not this time no. maybe another bonus one later on down the line um, we need to get the old quantum leap out of the way first yes i with you 100 with that i as much as i love it i like the fact we're on season three i was looking at the other day because we're five seasons we are literally kind of in the middle now we are like we yeah. are getting there and um, there's some great episodes still to come though as well which like there's yes. another episode i've been waiting for since season one where i think it's in season four so we're still a bit off it i it might even be season five actually mate so we're, i'm way off it um but i thought just to break it up a bit a bonus episode for uh, for around Christmas sort of time. Again, the ep- the thing I'm t- going to propose here isn't Christmassy at all. It's just a break from the normal timeline. And I've chosen three films. Okay. Um, and I thought it'd be cool if we... You may have not seen them. I've seen all of them uh, back in the day. Uh, it's been years since I've seen them, but I have seen them. Um, and I've been since... But, I've got three films, and then um, next week's episode, when it comes out, um, we'll sort it outside between us. But you've got—I think you've got the Twitter. But yeah, yes, um, yes. we'll set the poll up on SJP on you know on my at Benny Mac B Triple and YMACK on SJP World Media on Quantum Leap uh, Room Pod. I've forgotten the t- tagline for it on X. <laughs> uh, Waiting Room Pod underscore, isn't it? I think that's right. Um, yeah, that's right. And we'll put a poll up via SJP World Media and retweet it and stuff. I think it'd be better, wouldn't it? And basically, you got you l- lovely ladies and gents, you're going to have about two weeks from that episode to vote for which film we cover. Now, I've picked these. Now, next time we do one of these, Si, maybe you can do this. But I've gone... Okay. So, to keep it timeline, time time travel, sorry, not timeline, time travel-esque, I've gone for three time travel movies, essentially. And okay. I will say, I was going to put it in, but I figured it was a bit. I I think it was too obvious, so I didn't do it. Back to the Future is not on this list. Okay, right. That surprises me because Back to the Future was actually. I mean, first of all, this is all news to me. I had no idea. This yeah, yes, yeah. I didn't know at all. By the way, I have with <laughs> <But> that. <laughs> when you started talking about movies and so on, my <laughs> mind went to Back to the Future. Yeah, because it was the one that we discussed doing as a bonus episode many many moons ago. Yeah, but at mm-hmm. the same time. If you're picking time travel movies and not including Back to the Future, I'm intrigued because I I've seen Back to the Future. I loved it, but I'm kind of hoping you might pick something I've not seen or something I've not seen well, for quite a while. So so is, I'm quite interested. Yeah, this is where my brain went. So your brain's gone the same way as I was thinking. I thought because that like it could be obvious. You know, like we could choose any of the Back to the Future films. Um. I almost thought of a random like TV series where they do like time travel episodes as well. But I thought okay. a film's just easier because you can go right. So, but you, the listeners, get to vote. SJP World Media fans get to vote on what we're actually going to watch. So you're going di- to, even though I've chosen the films, you get to dictate what we're actually going to watch. And so, so, the most conventional film I've picked is from the uh, from 2002. It's a remake, and it's the most conventional time travel one. I will say it's the the time machine. Um, okay, all right. With um, I did have it in front of me. I'll go into more detail about. It. I'll just give put them out there for now, and then we'll actually talk. I'll talk about who's in the films and stuff. But the like I said, the poll's not going to be out till end of next week's episode anyway. So I just thought I'd give you a heads up to to maybe have a look yourself. So maybe people want to have a look as yeah. well. But I'll okay. go into I'll go into a lot more detail 
next week before we do the Halloween episode. Um, so yeah, that's probably the most conventional film in the sense of time travel would be the time machine. Um, so it's a remake from 2002. Um, I love, I actually like this. I haven't watched it for years. It's probably a decade or more, but I actually loved it when it came out. Um, I never seen the original, um, but I know the references and stuff. So, but I, um, but I, yeah. So the time machine 2002, look that up. Sci-fi action. It's an hour and 36 minutes. Sci. So there's an hour and 36 minutes of your life. Going to be okay. uh, disappeared if it's that one. <clears throat> now, I have gone to completely. So the, the time machine's a big. I think it was a Warner Brothers film, so it's quite a big film. I don't like. I said I've got the details with me in front of me, but I'm just going to. I'll do that next week. Um, the the next one is actually an indie film, and you've either seen it or you haven't. It's one of those films you either like it or you don't. But, Sorry, I got to interrupt. I I, I apologize. That scared the absolute shite out of me. Then <laughs> I can see your. I, I, I'm guessing. I'm hoping anyway. That's your missus moving around in the bedroom. Behind behind you. You. You're about. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I was like, ah, there's somebody there. <laughs> <laughs> if only you can Sorry. See it, yeah, there's um, a lot of water. But another tangent quickly. Um, a streaming a couple of years ago, and I was doing something like this. Obviously, on for us, we can see each other. A few listeners, obviously, there's audio. And he thought there was something moving behind me. And I'm sat here in a dark room going, what? And I slowly turned around. And there was nothing there. He was just, he, he generally thought something was moving, but it was something he hadn't noticed before. Then suddenly he noticed and went, that wasn't there before, but it was. He just hadn't right. perceived it. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. So two, yeah. So the first one, like I said, Time Machine 2002 came out um, more than uh, probably the most conventional time travel movie. Whereas okay. the next two, will more than likely leave your head both everybody watching leaving their head scratching it's almost a cult classic this one i think is a 15 it came out in 2001 it's an indie film um and it's called donnie darko okay i've heard of it i've not seen it yeah i'm sure i'm i'm, I'm thinking I'm, i mean i could be wrong there's a lot of people that probably haven't seen it in okay. terms of the listeners, maybe I could be wrong on that, but if you have, then you know, salute because it's one. It's an indie. I didn't, you know, I didn't even know it was an indie film. It's a random film that I watched, and the cover. Oh, again, we'll go into all this, but the cover was like, "What the fuck? What is this about?" And it's not a time travel movie in the conventional sense. It actually goes a bit deeper than that. So if we get that one, we'll talk about it. Obviously, okay. And the last one. Um, I wonder if people have guessed this by now because I've said um, these aren't conventional. But a film that came out in 2004, also a 15. Now this is a, a drama sci-fi. It's called, and obviously the sci-fi al- element of it is the time travel es- aspect of it. But it's different in how than how most things have gone in the past. And the actor that played the main role, you thinking what the hell? But actually, I thought he was really good in this, and because I wasn't a fan of him. Um, what he had done. I mean, I was the stuff again, it'll make all sense later on next week. I'll go into a lot more detail. Um, and also I didn't know this until probably about 10, five, six years after the, I saw the film, apparently they purposely actually did it. So it had two different endings depending on what he decided to do in the film. Um, now okay. whether this is, whether this is an uncut version or whether this is the, the theatrical version, I don't really know. So I've not done my research on it yet. But apparently, because I remember watching it on TV and it had a completely different ending to what I had watched on DVD that I rented back in the day. Right. Uh, but it's the butterfly effect. Okay, right. Okay. 
again, I'll go into a lot more details about this. Next, then we'll get the we'll get the poll up so we can get on with the, this week's episode. But I'll look. I'll get all the actors' names and stuff. I do remember them, but I want to just like leave it for people to research themselves and see what they think. And then, but yeah, we'll put the poll up after Halloween episode next week, and then. You'll have about two weeks or so to vote, so you know, mm. give people plenty of time to either research it or watch them and think what what do they want us to talk about, really? <laughs> so yeah, first exactly. time in waiting room, first time in waiting room history that we're actually giving over the we're moving away from Quantum Leap for an episode, and we're also giving you the listeners the opportunity to vote on what we what I foresight to watch basically out of one of these films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, from, from again, very briefly, because we'll get onto quantum leap in a second from yeah. my standpoint, butterfly effect. I'm 99% certain I've seen, but I can yeah. remember nothing about it whatsoever. Interesting. Okay. And Donnie Darko. I know I've not seen, but I've heard of it. Yeah. The time machine, the 2002 version. Yes. Yes. I have yeah. not, I have not seen, but the original I have seen. Oh, okay. So I've never seen the original, so that, that's quite right. interesting. To be fair, so yeah, so we could have could could do a swap at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, the original I have seen, um, and it was very much of its time. But again, I'm okay with very old television or movies, so I, I was okay with it. If and you I can was, look past the effects and stuff, as long yeah, as the story's yeah. good, then you know who cares. As far as exactly. I saw it, so yeah. Exactly. It's going to be interesting to see what people vote to uh, get us to have a little look at as a bonus episode later in the, well, I'll say later in the year, or very little of the year there is left, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just thought it'd be nice and a nice little break before we have a break, because we'll have a break for the holidays, obviously. Um, and then I thought we'll chuck that out as a bonus episode, like maybe the week before Christmas or mm. the week of, I don't know. We'll see how it pans out, but I thought yeah. it'd be quite cool for a nice little bonus episode. Um, but I thought instead of just choosing a film, why not? Let's give it out to the audience and hopefully they'll you know, you'll have a, once the, like I said, once I'm mean, kind of announcing it now, because I know some people listen to the show, by the time they listen to this, it might be a week later anyway, if not longer. Yeah. So that's why we're not actually putting the poll up until the next week's episode comes out, uh, which is. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Sense. yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of, you know, getting past special effects and so on. And if, if the story is good, then that's good enough. We're going to cover an episode of Quantum Leap now, next in line for our watchback, that I'm not convinced the story is good enough. But we'll get to that as we run <laughs> through the through the tale. I am, of course, talking about the fourth episode from season three, One Strobe Over the Line. Now, some of these episodes, I think, in, in season three, it started off with a bang. And we've had a couple of we've had a couple of, I suppose, solid episodes without being spectacular. And yeah, we're looking at yeah, yeah, and we're looking ahead yeah. to a couple of episodes coming up that we remember being quite good. Again, when we watch them back, it, it may change our opinions or enforce our opinions. We'll have to find that out when we get there. I think you know, cards on the table, straight straight off, you know, straight off the bat, let you know how I feel. I think this is the weakest one of the season we've seen yet. We're kind of skipping to the end there, but I think you know, I am. Um, <laughs> Well, we'll talk about it. Maybe my, I mean, we won't give our scores away yet till the end, mm -hmm. but like, I think you might be right to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a few issues I have with this. Um, but as I said, we'll go through the, the episode as we normally do. And I'll, I'll put them forward as, as we run through, I guess, Benny. Okay, cool. Um, well, well, in that case, then, let's have a little bit of uh, just a bit of fun before we get into it, then, because I feel like it's going to be a <laughs> this could be one of the shortest episodes of Waiting Room ever, to be honest, by the sounds of it. Um, 
uh, only because I've been waffling about movies for the first, well, last, what, six minutes, seven minutes, or whatever it was. Um, every now and again, when we watch these things, if you're a regular listener and you've listened to it from the beginning, I like don't always do it, but we I always try and go, I recognize that person. I recognize it. I wonder what they've done. I wonder what they've done. Now, the only person that really, well, apart from the waiter, which was a late added sort of like, oh, crap, I, I recognize him. Um, the one who plays Helen, whose real name is Susan Anton. She she looked familiar. The one that was uh, the agent. We'll leave it that for him until we get into the story. Um, I was like, oh, I recognize her from somewhere. But to be honest with you, looking at her IMDb, um, <laughs> I don't think I've seen anything she's actually been in. Now, as a kid, I watched Cannonball Run 2 with the makes. He was obsessed with it. Okay. So apparently she was in that, but I don't remember. I remember the cars to it a bit. Um, she did an episode. She did 13 episodes of Baywatch. Okay, interesting. Uh, Jackie Quinn. Again, not remembering names, to be honest with you, for most stuff. Um, she's been in that elite, She's been in that amazing movie, Sharknado 4. <laughs> right. just the fact that it's called sharknado i can't bring myself to watch it um to be honest but there was nothing really in this list i mean i've heard of the shows that she's been in she's like done one episode here two episodes there um but there's nothing that i can see but she looks familiar now maybe this is a case of like i said i've said i've said this a few times it might be a case of i'm remembering her from when i watched quantum leap <laughs> to be right. honest okay yeah if that makes sense so um but I'm very excited because she's the first person in a while that uh, is actually been in Law and Order. So sound effect hits. There we go. Um, <laughs> it was Special Victims Unit, but it's still Law and Order at the fucking beginning. So we like the that's, little trailer um, of Law and Order because in the that's first, that's my wife's favourite. Oh, is it okay? Special, yeah, that's my wife's um, favourite one. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's done a few, like I said, Baywatch, uh, Sharknado, and the, the Love Boat, which I I've heard of. But I've never watched it. It's an American thing, I guess. To, um, but yeah, there's nothing really for me personally that stands out that I would go. I definitely know her from that. But I, so I must be remembering her from Quantum Leap, is what I'm getting right. at. So um, uh, the other guy that plays uh, Byron, I think uh, Christopher Tabori. I think that's how you say it. But his name, Christopher, is spelled K-I, sorry, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-F-E-R. I've never seen it spelled like that before. Okay. Um, so I don't know whether he's maybe he's from a, I don't know. But um, Sounds almost he, Eastern European, I think. That, that's some sort may, of maybe so, Eastern, but he, Eastern European descent, maybe. Quite possibly. But he, I didn't recognize him in a sense of he looks familiar. I was like, your voice sounds familiar. Um. And I couldn't place it, and I still can't quite place it, but it must be from... He's done a crap load of video games, voices. Ah, uh, okay. And of course, you're a big uh, gamer, so maybe that course, is something yeah. you've heard whilst you've been yeah. gaming. So first, I'll read a few out just for people that who are gamer fans. So he did he did a voice in... Now, it doesn't always tell you who they are. Crone in one of them, but he did Star Wars, The Old Republic, uh, The Old Republic Shadow of... As he said, all the Republic game, old Republic games, sorry, which I played the original Xbox one, but I never played past that. Um, Dishonored, which is a really good game franchise, which I've only just started myself, which I really liked. He's Lord Regent um, Hiram Burroughs in Dishonored. Dishonored's a great game. It's got like a steampunk, old English style okay. sort of thing going on. I really, I really enjoyed the story. The graphics are, because it's an older game, aren't 
maybe on par what people would like, but if you can get past that, the gameplay is brilliant. The story's amazing. It's actually, I think it'd make a good film, actually. I was really impressed with it. It's something that I've played recently that actually came out years ago. I just missed it the first time. Game Pass is a anyway, different different show. Um, Ninja Gaiden. Um, Alpha Protocol, which is a... Uh, I think it was the Jason Bourne thing. Well, it's very similar. I don't think it was actually Jason Bourne, but it was very similar, if I remember rightly. And then he's in a lot of Spider-Man stuff. But there's nothing in here um, that I... Again, I don't recognize his face. I recognize his voice. So, But he's done loads of random, random stuff, mate, to be fair. Uh, G.I. Joe the movie in 1987 <laughs> okay <laughs> so, so it's random so i love reading up on these and it, was, it always interests me because you go who is this person I, I recognize him from somewhere but yeah um i didn't it was his voice uh, and two more and we'll move on um the one he plays is Edie, the model yes yep um majori i'm not even gonna attempt that surname but yeah she look it up <laughs> when you get there again similar i don't know just the way she talks and the way her face i guess i don't know what it is i think it's the way she talks mainly i was like i recognize you from somewhere but i'm again looking through her imdb nothing is jumping out at me um but she was in that show for seven episodes you don't want to do babylon five we're keeping okay. that joke going we're keeping that joke alive as we can move on here um and she was in the original law and order for um one episode as well so another sound effect right. there but again, I'm looking at her going, I recognize you. Oh, Andromeda, maybe. I watched a couple of episodes of that. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. The thing is, these actors and actresses pop up in these TV shows, and they might only literally walk in and walk out. I remember seeing the Bond film. I think I've mentioned this before. I met watching one of the Bond films, and Gerald Butler walks in and goes, thank you, sir, and walks back out. I was like, that's fucking Jared Butler. And, he, and this is before <laughs> 300 and stuff. So it's just like random stuff like that, you know? Um, and last one, purely, I was like, holy crap. And it's literally a waiter who is literally a non-character, basically, isn't he? Let's face it. Yes, in, yeah. Would you like some champagne? Yes, we would. Or would you like some dessert? I forget what his line was. I was like, do you know why he looks familiar? And it turns out it's Nigel Gibbs. Now, Nigel Gibbs... Um, he was in uh, Naked Gun 33 and a third, The Final Insult. Um, most recently, for people that have watched Netflix, he was uh, Jesse Jackson in the Dharma Monster, the Jeffrey Dharma story on Netflix. Okay, I'm not he seeing that yet. Um, oh, quite a weird, but you know, obviously it's based on real life, so it gives that extra stigma. Um, he was in SWAT as well in the 2018-2019 uh, the two episodes that you know the newer one not the yes the old show um ncis los angeles he played harold Irvin for people that, who, who are fans of that um he was in bones as well another he's done like random one or two episodes here and there um so i watched bones he, for a little bit the first couple of seasons of bones that was quite good got a bit daft um, after a while but the first couple of seasons were okay yeah i'm sorry mate i've just realized where i know him from okay breaking bad AP, oh, right. APD yeah. detective Tim Roberts. Um, Tim Roberts in he did four episodes of Breaking Bad. That's where I know him from. Yeah, because I've only watched that recently as well. Um, yeah, loads of other stuff. I was trying to see. He was in CSI in 2003, the original CSI as well. Angel, remember that? Remember that show, the spin-off of Buffy, yeah. for one episode. Yeah. Well, the guy who played Angel, um, I can't remember his, his name. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, he was the main one of the main characters in Bones as well. Yes, wasn't he? yeah, he was the cop. Yeah, uh, yeah. again, I've already seen bits. Just want to see whether he's done in Law and Order, just so we can have the sound effect one more time. No, I'll just double check. <laughs> <laughs> And he wasn't in, and he wasn't in the show that you hate, which is Babylon Five. So, um, I, so I don't hate it. I've never seen it to hate it. <laughs> no, okay. I, I mean, I mean, it was just interesting that our waiter actually got more attention this time than like with the actual actresses and actors that were in the uh, in the show. I was like, I recognise him, and I've, he's been in so much. as he's like a random cop. He was in American Pie Two as a random cop as well. So he tends to be a cop or an fbi agent or like right, the interrogator yeah. he's got that sort of look to him yes then. yeah um yeah but yeah so yeah anyway sorry <laughs> that's right no worries okay so we first see sam in this episode here one strobe over the line uh you know the, the sort of mini trailer i guess the the cliffhanger on the end of last week's episode sam leaps into the middle of a photo shoot and there's a big fuck off lion roaring in his face and then he says oh boy and that's that kind of pick it up in the same place here on the I mean, sometimes the beginning of the following episode is a bit longer or slightly different to the end of the previous episode but it's roughly the same what we see here in this one um and then it all kind of just goes away quite quickly the, the lion isn't attacking him sam stands up has a little look around wonders what's going on and effectively we see a model named Edie who is um going off because she's tired the, the shoot isn't going so well and her agent his a lady called Helen, her representation or, or whatever it may well be. Um, and she basically hands her a handful of pills. And when I say a handful, it is a bloody handful. She's saying, take these and shunt a load of pills into her hand. And that's effectively the, the setting the scene right from the off the pressure yeah. from the agent early on to have the model ED taking these tablets. And ED's response straight away is that she can't take them anymore. She can't sleep or eat. Um, they're, they're kind of coming to the end of the shoot. Sam makes excuses to try and get away from it all. Um, we meet Byron as well, who is involved in the hiring of the models for the photo shoot. I guess he's another form of an agent potentially. Oh, and the uh, the Byron character. Yes, yes. So I think that Helen is her agent and is put this girl forward for this advertising campaign, and he's there yeah. representing for whoever's fronting the bill for this advertising campaign for right. whatever. The, I think it's a clothing line or whatever it is, isn't it? It's like that high pretentious fashion stuff. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, so yeah. And you, you get the impression that Byron has a previous or ongoing relationship with Helen from a business standpoint, um, the way that Helen talks to him and the way that they hang around together. They're very familiar with each other. You, you assume they've worked together plenty of times in the past as well. Um, Let's get this out in the open right right now. Byron's a piece of shit. He's an absolute snake. We don't like Byron. And Helen is just a nasty piece of work, isn't she? Well, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, I can't really put it any better. Um, like, even if, like, Edie showed even, like, a, a moment of just, like, <sighs> like, taking a breath. Yeah. You'd be like, what's yeah. wrong with her? Why isn't she happy? She should be ecstatic that she's here. She should be ecstatic mm -hmm. that we're taking pictures of her and all this bollocks. You know, it's that like it, well, like I said a minute ago, the fashion stuff is pretentious. The photo <laughs> photography of it is. Uh, I mean, we don't know what the actual guys like who Sam's leapt into. Obviously, we do find out a little bit about his history later on, but nothing really substantial. So, but yeah, it's, it's that. Well, even Al says actually, it's ninety percent attitude and ten percent talent yeah. in terms of taking photos or this whole. 
you know, this whole part of the uh, this sector of fashion, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's the mid sixties here. It's it's Sam leaps in, and the date the the specific date is June the fifteenth, nineteen sixty five. So it's the mid sixties. We've got Beatlemania kicking off in the UK and in the states as well. I don't know if they've actually appeared on the television yet in the states to cause that, but there's rumblings of Beatlemania, of course. You know, and and it is the whole flower power. Um, people are starting to have a little bit more money now in the States after the end of the Second World War, some 20 years earlier. And the, the whole feeling around the place is a little bit different and it's a lot more colorful. And, you know, you have the mini skirts and, and you know, the, all the sort of stuff that you envision with 1960s America is very yeah. pro- prophetic in this world and at this time, isn't it? It's a, it's a lot of, um, again, I wasn't born then, but... Um... No, nor you. I wasn't making an old. No, joke I was. I was not. For a change, but um, but yeah, I think it's that sort of because, like you said, the war has now been over since 1945. It's been a good couple. It's been a couple of the three decades, um, essentially. Um, so there's that freedom oh, of two, expression. Two decades. Yeah. Either yeah. way, um, it's that freedom of expression. Liberal sort of stuff starting to happen a bit yeah. more. People yeah. are. So, you know, uh, in terms of the Beatles quickly, I quickly Googled it. Um, apparently, they touched down in the States February 7th, 1964, according to this NBC okay, News well, there you go. thing. So they've been there about a year. So, yeah, you're, you were right. I think you're spot on. I think the clothing that obviously not what she's wearing during the shoot, but when we see her go back to her apartment, the clothing that she's wearing, I mean, I mean again, I didn't live through it. So I, without doing research about it, looks like it was of the time. So, you yeah, know, yeah, of course. Yeah. band headband one in sort of summer sundress mm. whatever they call you know so um in the boots as well <laughs> yeah, so, yeah you know, it's obvious here so, as you said um pop music was changing um the attitudes were changing i mean the the the, the 60s you know women were being a, a lot more i suppose open-minded and, and allowed to do more not still not anywhere in the way they should be but much better in comparison to the 50s which was very much a more restrictive decade and so on um it's a, it's a more i suppose the drugs flying around as well in the 60s we all hear about that in in certain parts of the uk and the states and so on so you've got this whole world of high-end fashion and the mention as well of of twiggy he was a real iconic model for that era. Um, interestingly enough, it doesn't work out timeline wise. Twiggy started modeling in 1966. This is yeah. 1965. So that was you a bit of a well. I had to yeah, do I'm, I'm not going to lie. I assumed, I assumed that she was a model, but I yeah, quite no, famous. Yeah. I have no idea, obviously, because of, <laughs> yeah, quite, quite famous, well-known in that era, quite iconic individual. Um, I didn't exist. I didn't exist for probably another twenty years at this point. So, I, I, you know, right. I, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't live through it either. You cheeky shit. So just, <laughs> I didn't say that, did I? I didn't say it. There will be an old joke by the time we get there. If you're going to carry on with this attitude, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I thought when he said Twiggy as well, I was like, did he say Ziggy? And then I realised he said Twiggy. After I was like, oh, okay. Yes. When I thought right. Twiggy, again, showing my age. Um, when he, whenever you say Twiggy to me, I just think Raw Family, which is a completely different show, um, completely and, different uh, looking person as well. Yes, about a, f- <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and it's about a family in Manchester, and it's the Royal Family Ali at the end. Um, it's such a good TV show. I liked it. Yeah, I liked just... it. it was, uh, but um, yeah, as soon as he said Twiggy, I went. Once I realised he said Twiggy, I was like, huh? Oh, okay, no, 
it must be and i had to google who it was and obviously it's like you said she didn't start modeling until 66 so mm-hmm. um wrong unfortunately quantum leap yeah there's a couple of times we get this but it's it's okay we'll we'll, we'll screw it over it we'll screw over it um at the end of the shoot uh ed asks who she believes to be carl sam has leapt into carl granson who is a high-end fashion photographer um to give her a lift home and helen quite noticeably doesn't like this she's yeah. she's a bit she's a bit miffed that carl is driving ed back to her flat but it's, it's just a quick cutaway of helen reacting and then we're back at the uh, the, the apartment where sam as carl is talking to ed and they already strike up a kind of uh, there's there's a connection there, isn't there? And Edie talks of growing up on um, a farm, and Sam, of course, grew up on a farm himself. He has to pretend he's talking about his cousin when Edie calls yeah. calls him out because Carl apparently grew up in New York, so there's um, there's that issue there. But Sam is still talking to her about life on the farm and, and certain uh, escapades and actions they have to do in, in that particular f- form of life. And they have a connection there because of it, which was, you know, I've, I thought quite clever of Sam to use, oh, no, my cousin did this instead. I thought that was yeah. quite a clever way around it. It was obviously as that goes on, we've there's a nice little bit later on as well. But yeah, he goes, oh, oh, no, my cousin, my cousin. I, we've kind of skipped over it as well. I was going to mention it was we have our hit the echometer very quickly in this one because he realizes that sam's a photographer and he's like oh i wish it was playboy like literally within seconds of being there then he like yeah. essentially googles it on on um, on ziggy and he said twiggy then on ziggy and um oh it doesn't come out till a couple of years later <laughs> and it's just like dude you've been here four seconds come on you yeah. know yeah, and that's, I mean, we, These are we've got... we think, we don't say, okay? <laughs> yeah, well, Al, Al is different. Especially, yeah, he just says it. Um, I liked his bronze jacket, by the way, his gold bronze jacket. was His outfit okay. was quite... It kind of fit in. Al's clothes, even when it shouldn't fit in somewhere, somehow fit in, but then you just go, well, that's just Al, I guess, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes he dresses purposely for a scenario as well, yeah. I think. A bit Maybe outlandish, it, but in his mind, what would work? Yeah, remember? Do you remember the Disco Inferno episode where he carried his man bag around? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bloody! He is brilliant. He is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, apart from that, I think Al was pretty good at this. I wouldn't say he was the MVP this time around, like he was, you know, a few episodes ago. Mm. But he's very helpful. But again, he saws. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'll teach you, Sam, what to say. I can tell. You, I used to hang around with photographers back here. But I had friends that were photographers back then and all that kind of stuff. So, again, Al's life experience is helping Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, I, the, the, there is that thing. We've spoken about it before. There is that thing with Al, isn't there, where when the story or the script or the plot you know, needs it, Al is an expert in that field or has experience in that field. And that does continue through pretty much the whole of this original series of Quantum Leap. Yes, Something yeah. that, that happened quite a bit in early Quantum Leap that I'm fairly certain disappears as we go f- later into the seasons, and I'm glad it disappears, is the whole Quantum Leaping is a little bit like in Sam's voice, you know, and we can hear it almost like a narration from Sam. And we get one of those here, and we get the whole, Quantum leaping is kind of like taking a picture, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. Make it link. They're trying to make it link for. Yeah, I don't get on with that, mate. That always seems a bit too cheesy for me. 
some sometimes I like the inner monologue of Sam because it gives you a bit more insight into him. But like you said, sometimes yeah. it's just what can we put here in this moment just to fill out a couple of extra. But I guess it's a way that so we can have like the inner monologue of Sam, so we can kind of th- think like uh, sorry as the viewer hear what he's thinking. I guess, but mm. sometimes it is unnecessary. I feel like you said so. Um, yeah, it's a bit honest, cheesy I, at times. I don't. I don't even remember him saying that. Okay. Does he say, does he say that in this episode? Does he? It's like taking yes, a he picture. does. Yeah. I. Yeah. There you go. Then I missed that completely. Somehow. Yeah. Must have been googling Twiggy at the time. <laughs> um, there's another moment that I find a bit cheesy as well. Back in Edie's flat early on, when we're building this um, early relationship, this connection between Sam and Edie. She's got plenty of cats. She's got lots of cats in her in her apartment, um, and she, it seems like she takes in strays or, or you know homeless cats and so on. And they start talking about this one particular cat who arrived and is now being looked after, and he had no home. and And Sam starts comparing her taking this cat in to quantum leaping again. And it's just a bit like it really, it really feels like they're trying to crowbar that in to this particular script. And I just it just really stood out to me because it was obvious of how much of a force it was to get that conversation into the episode. See, I missed the inner monologue of the the photograph bit. So, like the cat bit was like, it's just Sam. I feel like it's just Sam trying to because he I. He wants to go home. He wants to be home. He yeah, wants, to, yeah. you know, whatever. So he's clutching on anything to try and make sense of this weird experiment that he's on, I guess. Um, but yeah, if you if you do it too much, again, I miss the initial. It's like a photograph because I'd have been like, "What the fuck?" But um, the cat thing was okay for me. But yeah, like you said, I think trying. I don't know. So you don't need it all the time, is what we're trying to get at. Um, but um, and also, it ended up being a bit like because he mumbles under his breath about having the cat living with this woman. Uh, and he goes, oh, lucky guy. And then it, because he's this, when you see the reflection of Sam in this body, he's got the hair, he's got the scarf on. He's just that, as you'd imagine a photographer to be, even nowadays to a degree, I feel like in New York, not just in the 60s. Um, but yeah, it comes it comes across very like, oh, he's coming on to me type. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the fact that Sam stumbles over himself and over and over mm. and it becomes a joke luckily because otherwise that could have been completely and utterly <laughs> well if it was Al it would have been a bit creepier I guess maybe I don't know but uh, well yes yeah. um, speaking of Al we see him now and we get the comment about wishing it was Playboy and someone he, he arrives <laughs> yeah. he arrives at, interestingly he arrives in Carl's was it there, was it? I thought it was at the beginning sorry man I thought that comment was near the beginning was that in the apartment Yes, it was. Yeah, um, we don't see Al until the uh, until they arrive at the apartment, and it, I suppose it does. You know, just thinking about it now, it's only popped in my head. It does ask the question: How did Sam find where Carl lived? If he bumps, um, if he only sees Al the first time already in Carl's apartment. The only thing I could—they didn't touch upon it. Obviously, is a good question, but the only thing I filling in the gaps here now for the writers. I would say he maybe looked at his driver's license, which would have your address on it. Which but he has. Still, he's got no Google Maps. He can't type it in. No, good point. You know, he uh, maybe he's got a map in his glove box. Maybe there's a whole deleted scene of him answering clumsily, "Where, where do, can you tell me where this apartment <laughs> is?" Maybe I don't know. Yeah, potentially. But yeah, we, we skip forward, and he's at this guy's apartment. And yet we've had episodes before where 
I think early on, is it the, um, I forget the name of the episode, but he has to get the captain to drive him back to his house. He doesn't know where he lives. And he even stops the car. And I love little touches like that. I love little touches like that because it covers, covers that part of it, doesn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, as the audience, we are kind of just like filling the blanks. I would assume a driving license and maybe he can, maybe he got a local map from a shop. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't write the show. Mm. But it's a good point. He goes literally from this woman's apartment. Maybe, does he, no, he doesn't live in the same building as her. So, yeah. So, yeah. He could have just Mm. gone, even a little comment of like, when Al finally appears, it's taken me two hours to find my apartment. That's all you needed. Yeah. You know, he could have just yeah, said that. Al, where have you been, damn it? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, you know, I could have been home an hour ago. And it took me took me two and a half hours to find my apartment in New York. And obviously, yeah. he's got a car because he gives... Um, uh, I can't remember her name. That's terrible. Edie. Edie. I want to say Ellie. That was weird. Edie. Uh, a lift home. So, obviously, she was given directions for that. But yeah, I'm guessing he looked on a driving license. That's all I can think of. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, Al explains that uh, Helen's modeling agency is going bankrupt but that's just kind of a throwaway comment but i think it was quite cleverly put in there by the writers because it does kind of explain why helen is so desperate to push ed to the lengths that she does and those lengths include um overdosing in about three and a half days time of alcohol and pills now the use of the word pills here Mm -hmm. many (laughs) this irritated me (laughs) because we only get one real explanation from al as to what drugs it is that Edie is taking and overdoses on yeah and the rest of the time the everyone al especially but sam Edie, uh helen as well whenever she does make a make a comment about it just refers to them as pills and i find it so i find it so generic i mean later on they get street names attached to them when we get to the final couple of scenes. But I find it so irritating that that comment or that description of what she's using is just so generic. It almost feels, it almost feels like, you know, when you were a young kid and you're putting on a drugs, a bad play at school and it's just like, Oh, he's taken a lot of drugs. Make sure, make sure no one else takes drugs. Drugs are bad. That's how it felt when they kept just going, oh, the pills, the pills are bad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you said like, back in Notre Dame then. The pills, the pills. <laughs> <laughs> they make me hard. Uh, no, that's wrong, pills. Um, so <laughs> I was going to say something else. So. Different show. Um, yeah, they don't, they just pill. I miss, we don't really get told what they are. Uh, something to perk her up, obviously. Mm. Um, like you said, we don't get any actual street names until literally, I think, the last six, seven minutes of the show. Um, but yeah, it is almost like a don't do drugs, kids sort of moment. But what is she actually doing? Um, could be living, uh, what they call pro plus for all we know. I don't know. It's uh, so, fucking, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, we find out later on, uh, it's literally mentioned once that they some of the drugs that she's taking are amphetamines which would make sense because the effects of those drugs, it curbs your appetite. It wakes you up. It keeps you um, uh, alert and, and, and and so on. Um, Incredibly addictive. Of course, it's literally mentioned once that that's what some of these, these pills are, but um, 
it's not until the very end when Helen herself actually names them with some street names. But even then, it's not really explained exactly what she's taking. And I mean, at the time, this is 1990 when it's first aired in the States, there was a big anti-drug thing going on. Um, lots of TV shows were having characters, uh, I suppose not just in the States, because a few years previously, we had the Just Say No stuff with Grange Hill. Yeah. Um, there was uh, drug culture is always, you know, depending on which decade it is, depends on which drugs it is, of course. But there was a big campaign by the US government against j- drugs in general. Yeah, so yeah. it almost feels like they're trying to tick a box here with this episode by going, oh, the pills, don't take the pills. Yeah. You know, that kind of generic thing. Also... Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. But I was like, the uh, the agent though as well, like you said, it's, she's very desperate for what... She's supposed to be this highly successful agent. She, yeah. She's given drugs to a client. I mean, I'm sure it happens or has happened in the past, at least. Well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's like, plenty of stories of that happening in that industry, yeah. Yeah. But she's very desperate for her to take them. Helen wants her to take them, and it's like obviously because I think I get the vibe that uh, by this point, I think it's I think it's the second time she offers the drugs up is um, like this, she's her only client, and obviously we find out that her her I think we've already covered it, but her agency is in trouble at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's very like desperate to even to the point of like well, we'll get onto that in a bit, but like just like almost like there's no care of like here take these she might as well it's like going can i have a couple of your skills and like reach in and grab a handful she's literally yeah. not just going here's two take two now and you'll feel better she's like here you go fucking just throw them at her and it's see a fistful thick, isn't it? It? Yeah. it's a fistful of it and i and the one lot she had it was like the bloody other huge like, what the fuck is in that like i don't yeah. even know but they're the pills so i don't know yeah, it's it it to keep her awake, and it keeps her awake so much that she ends up not being able to sleep. So when she does come back around to do another modeling thing, she's too knackered to do it because she, these things have kept her up literally. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, obviously ends up crashing during the day, and, and then yeah. more and more, and it's a vicious circle, isn't it? Now, I, I, I don't know if this has an effect on how you would write this kind of thing. But there was a change in when Quantum Leap was airing in the States at this point. For a while, it aired as late as 9 or 10 p.m., so post-Watershed and different things were allowed to be said. This episode here aired at 8 p.m., and I don't know know if it was the first. There might have been a couple before, whatever, I don't know. But this would have been one of the earlier ones to have aired at a slightly earlier time of 8 p.m. So I don't know if the whole all the pills thing was a decision made because they didn't want to name the drugs specifically Quite because possibly. younger viewers might have been watching i don't know but either way i find it a little bit of a cop out to be fair it makes sense doesn't it actually uh, if they need mm. to yeah so it's almost like yeah we don't want to tell you what they're taking just in case they go can i go and get some i don't know coke or amphetamines or whatever the freaking yeah. you know, coke's different thing but you know it's just i don't know yeah so actually that makes a lot of sense now because maybe him saying the pills and if you add the ad breaks in as well by the time they get to the near the end of the show it might just be past watershed depending on if it just about or maybe almost it have been pushing nine wouldn't it if it's an hour-long program so if it started at eight it'd have been well, pushing nine i suppose another way of looking at it i guess would be uh, when you do a film 
for like a, I don't know the actual the the numbers, but for a fifteen, say you're allowed a couple of swear words within the film, and there's, if there's okay. too many swear words, then it becomes a then it be, so you might allow like in a twelve, you might only have like one like fuck you. <laughs> okay. Whereas, um, in a fifteen, you might have three or four or five, and then in an eighteen, obviously it's just fucking it's an eighteen over here, which whatever the equivalent is in the states. Um, I assume a twelve is very similar to a PG thirteen over there. I, I guess. Yeah, I'd imagine uh, so. Yeah, uh, I don't really know, but um, yeah. So I think there's maybe saying the pills is a way of you're allowed to say the drugs, but you're only allowed to say them once. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. So by saying the pills, interesting. You're skirting. Yes, it's a cop out. I agree, but it's also the 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 rating of the episode is. You can only say pills. You can't, and, but you're allowed. Okay. To, you're, you're allowed to say amphetamines once. You're allowed to say this once. So they waited to the last minute to say it at the end, so you actually know what you're tackling with and how to deal with somebody who is under the influence of those drugs. Maybe does that make sense? Oh, okay, yeah, no, that, that does make a lot of sense. That's, clear, that's made it much clearer. Thank you. That's really that, yeah, that's great stuff. Um, we head back to another photo shoot. Then Sam is expected to take to you to. to you know, shoot these pictures. He's obviously nervous and worried and concerned, and Al is going to talk him through it, which is a standard kind of quantum leap trope, I suppose. And <laughs> yeah. Edie is um, visibly wobbly. She's tired. She's struggling a bit. Uh, Sam says to take a break, and this is where Helen chucks more pills at her and gets her yeah. to take some more. Um, she nonchalantly does as well because she she may. Um... I keep forgetting her name. It's terrible. Edie keep tell, Edie. said, Edie said, look, this is the last time, the previous time. And uh, Helen's like, yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. And then, you know, you know, she's, she didn't say it like that, but she knows she's lying. And she yeah. goes, oh, here's some pills. You know, you need to, you, you know, she doesn't just go, here's the, she, first she goes, here's the pills. Take, you know, she kind of slides them in her hand and says, take, you know, eventually saying, take them. And uh, Edie's like, no, no, no. You said last time was the last time. She goes, oh, well, I have my fingers crossed. This isn't mm. fucking eating an extra piece of chocolate, love. This is fucking like, you know, <laughs> this is not good. Uh, but oh, yeah. then Edie's like, no. But then Helen does the guilt trip of, you need this, I need this. Do you want Do you want us to be, do you want to provide your family with, you know, she wants, because Edie wants to become a veterinarian eventually. She wants to help support her father and her farm and all this kind of stuff. So she uses the whole, Helen's like using the whole guilt trip on Edie going like, yes, you know, you do you not want to buy your dad her, his farm and equipment your your brother your, your brother or sister's education you know so she plays the whole guilt trip basically of like mm -hmm. it's not just you it's all of our jobs type sort of it's an emotional thing. blackmail isn't it really yes yes there you go yeah um and Sam eventually gets into the swing of things with this photo shoot, gets an idea to release a cage full of birds and everyone's impressed. And he kind of, I suppose it's another moment that happens in quantum leap fairly often where mm -hmm. the people looking at who Sam has leapt into, they're looking at him like what's wrong with him. And this is the moment where he kind of dispels that concern and everyone accepts them back for who Carl is, I suppose. And then we all go to dinner, Benny, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> um, there is a moment just before we go to the dinner bit. There is a bit of like Al's almost like because Sam starts getting into it and starts taking pictures. Oh, it's like painting with people, Al, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, really, like gets into it, which is good. But then there is a bit where Al actually has to tell Sam probably three times in the end to uh -huh. 
I think she needs a break. Sam, I think she, Sam, I think she needs a break. So actually, it is quite nice. I know we rip into Al a little bit because some of the sexist comments, but he's like, look, I think you should stop. You need to have a break. And then Sam's like, yeah, yeah okay, cool. Um, yeah. And actually, I do like the fact that Sam interjects that little bit of fun near the end of the shoot where they let the birds out and they've got to try and catch them. Because everything's yeah. been quite serious up until that point. Uh, but yeah, um, sorry, but I just wanted to mention that quickly. Just because we always, sometimes we, I love Dean Stockwell. I love the hour of the character, but we do rag on him a little bit with some of the sexist comments that he comes yeah, out of with. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so I, but as an actor, character actor, Dean Stockwell was one of the best, if not the best, as a character actor for me personally. Um, but um, yeah, so she's given the drugs. because oh, That's what I was going to say. Helen also says about, we need to go to dinner later with the people that are paying for this shoot who are paying you. Yeah to impress them so take the pills take your good pills you know um so and i didn't really i think as you already mentioned i did pick up on the fact that helen earlier did look a bit like why is he driving her home Mm -hmm. and then obviously we get to that a little bit but we get to the the table it's 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 stereotypical a load of guys around the table drinking champagne with a with the agent who's helen and then um Ed, I will get it right by the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> I keep wanting to say Ellie, mate. Every time, I don't know why. Um, and it's um, Sam. Then makes uh, like because they're like, "Oh, do you want dessert or anything?" And uh, Sam turns to Ed and says, "Do you want anything else? You didn't eat at the shoot." She says, "No, I'm fine." And then actually, like, really snaps at Sam as well. Like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I don't want to eat anything. Like, um, I don't know. There's a touch of consciousness there of the. Um, of the, uh, the fact she's a model, but I think it's down to the drugs, isn't it? And it's, it's yeah, it's almost a withdrawal thing, isn't it? Appetite. I think suppresses your appetite. I think is mentioned at some point. So, yeah, um, uh, Sam handles it perfectly. I think he handles. Okay, yeah, no, you know, he, he does. He could have quite easily just shut off and not bother talking to her, but he's like, no, no, don't worry, <laughs> we'll yeah. do. Um, and I can't remember why Sam leaves the table though. A phone call, I think he gets called away by the waiter for a phone call. Yes, but it's not a phone call. It's Helen who has took in, who has basically tricked Sam or Carl into the kitchen, where she basically sexually assaults him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> effectively. The only thing that could have made it less subtle would have been if she climbed one of the counters and jumped on him, because that's pretty much what she did anyway, without having any elevation <laughs> of jumping off anything. And then, then you go, ah, okay. Now this is why she looked annoyed earlier in the episode because them two are mm. meant to be dating or I don't know whether dating is the right word. I think, I think there was a past relationship. The impression, I mean, I got, I, I don't know for certain, but the impression I get from little bits of dialogue here and there is that, and again, I suppose little bits from Al as well. Al mentions that Carl was, wasn't afraid of taking a few pills himself, the pills and all this, sort of, you know, <laughs> so I get the impression by the way they're talking and acting and other characters are around them, that Carl was used to partying with the models as well. Helen herself used to be a model, didn't she, as well? Exactly, and he used to shoot her. He used to take pictures of her. So maybe he's moved on to a younger model, or at least Helen is panicking that that has happened, that she's moved on. Because Helen obviously takes these tablets herself as well. We're aware of this. And her level of paranoia, I think, is is quite 
pr prominent as well in this episode with regards to she's freaking out about her business. She's freaking out about um, Edie not fulfilling her, her role and, and her business going under because Edie's not doing what she should be doing. She's constantly talking to uh, Byron and the other two guys who are funding this project and trying to reassure them all the time, constantly reassuring them, which I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Cause I didn't pick up on that actually until near the end when she's, like, yes. begging. but actually that makes a, the paranoia with her in the kitchen with Sam in that back bit actually makes a lot of sense now <laughs> to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. And, and, and the reaction as well, cause she's basically spurned Helen. She, he, you know, she's convinced that, um, Carl was supposed to ring her the previous night, but obviously Sam didn't. So she's like, well, why don't you come and see me? I bet you're sleeping with her and all this sort of stuff. Sam says that's not the case. Um, Sam's not interested in Helen. So to react, she kind of lashes out back. Um, she's again, she's, she's kind of paranoid and edgy and, and she's now angry as well. And she basically turns around and says that she will stop the supply to Edie. Let's see how she gets on without her pills. And then she goes one step further and turns around yeah. and goes, or maybe I'll give her too many pills and that'll be the end of that anyway. And it's like, whoa. And this is where Sam gets quite aggressive with her. And, and grabs yeah. her by the arms and smashes her up against, um, I don't know if it was an oven or a cabinet or, or something on the side. Oh, there. Those anyway. metal things where they would keep like utensils, I guess, for a yeah. kitchen, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if you think, if but you think, some reaction is quite protective, doesn't he? I don't know whether smash is the right word, by the way, because he does, he does forcefully grab hold of her, though, and <laughs> shoves her up against it. And maybe it's, maybe it was more aggressive than I realized. I don't know. But she basically threatened Edie's life by saying, I'm going to. Maybe she'll take one too many, is like you've already said. So she goes oh, from like yeah. she goes from it's that now, but now you've pointed out to me because because we don't see her take anything. So I didn't pick up on that at all until now that you've her behavior dictates that she is taking it. She is paranoid, mm. and she's gone yes. from you don't want me. So now I'm going to instead of just walking away and calling him a dickhead or whatever, she's now threatening to cut off supply oh actually no i won't do that maybe i'll give her too many to hurt him by like almost like trying to again guilt trip sam mm -hmm. yeah into, obviously it's not sam who she thinks it is but obviously um but yeah that that guilt tripping or that threatening because the guilt tripping didn't work so she moved to she moved to threatening sam with threatening Edie, basically so it's, I, um, I think yeah. again it comes down to almost a control thing and she can see that she's losing control and add the paranoia in as well yeah i was gonna I say the paranoia like, is yeah she's yeah, yeah i didn't even here. i just thought she was a bitch to be honest with you yeah well, at the same time as well, you think where Edie gets the pills from it's helen helen's always got a stash in her purse mm. she's been in this industry i mean helen's not an old old lady by any stretch of the imagination no. she would have been still modeling relatively recently i would expect you'd imagine this scenario with the pills and the drugs and that whole mindset for that industry was still carrying on when ed was modeling you know i mean she even says at dinner doesn't she oh you know don't worry about it you know how us models are we try not to eat to you know because of the shoot coming up and all this she's almost saying yeah i'm on the pills without actually saying yeah i'm on the pills. yeah yeah she but also she's desperate to keep her business going and yes. that's her motivation so it's good to have a it's good when you have a tv show when the the bad guy bad woman whatever the bad person is 
you you have the read the logic of why they're doing what they're doing. Should they be doing it? No, but we know why. She's trying to keep her business afloat. And every time they mention something negative about Edie or her or whatever, or they keep talking about bringing another bloody model, she's mm. straight in there with a, oh, no, no, it's just this, it's just that, just anything yeah. to... She would, literally, based on her behavior, lie, cheat, steal to get her way, basically. So, um, mm. so now, if she loses her money, is it because of the business or is it because she'll lose her supply of uppers <laughs> yeah well it could be anything couldn't it so, yeah. um sam goes back to the table and basically decides he's taking Edie home uh so our next scene is the that the sam and Edie are back at her apartment with the cats and sam talks to her about the pills and then very quickly it's decided that sam is going to help Edie get off the pills over the course of this weekend they uh have a shoot on the following monday so i'm assuming they just have the weekend off this is a friday and then we get kind of, I suppose, a, a montage-esque scenario of different different moments throughout the course of the next day or two. Sam sleeping on the sofa. Edie is twitching and she gets too hot. She's too cold. Her skin's prickly. And again, all withdrawal symptoms and so on. She then gets quite paranoid at one point and thinks that Sam is talking to someone, um, talking about her uh, and so on. Until we get to the point where Edie kind of reaches breaking point and she starts scratching and frantically searching around her apartment looking for any of any of the pills, Benny. Yeah. She? Uh, she finds it in like a little pot or something. And then we have Sam trying to wrestle the the pills away from her. And uh-huh. but then we do see again, now it makes perfect sense. But now I didn't, you know, obviously not not in the Edie bit, but the the Helen stuff, what we just talked about. But Edie does it now. She tries to use her body to try and get the pills off Sam, basically, at one point. Yeah. And then she even accuses Sam of liking boys as well, men. Oh, uh, yeah. she, she turned very quickly. And then Sam picks her up and gives her a quite a passionate kiss on the bed. And then walks out and says, go to bed, <laughs> get to sleep. Mm. It's, a, it's Again, this well, we talked about this before about pacing and stuff. And they've crammed a lot of stuff in this segment of getting her off the the weekend off the pills in a very short space of time. We've even skipped like the Sunday because she wakes up on the Monday. I know I'm going ahead of it here, but like she just, it's a, I don't know. I just feel like we could have lost a little bit earlier and had a bit more of this and dealt with the, the struggle, with the struggle a bit more because yes. it's very much like, Oh yes. Yeah, so you get, you get a bit itchy and you get a bit like paranoid and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, Oh no, you slept all the way through Sunday, which I'm not saying doesn't happen. It's just, cause I, I don't, I have no idea, but, we could have maybe lost something earlier. I feel to maybe have a bit more of the struggle of this is why you shouldn't do pills. Um, so, you know, know, so, um, the pills that's going on a t-shirt. Um, so yeah, I just feel I, I, I did, I didn't hate it, but I will, I will admit, I did think of the scene from, um, train spotting and how graphic, Yes, and McGregor okay. is coming off whatever he was doing in that film and that heroin. Oh, there you go. I can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, heroin. And that I tell you what, if you want to scare you, I think with some of this stuff, you need to scare people not to do this shit. And I yeah. tell you what, the baby crawling up the fucking wall in Train Spotting, 
when he's when they lock him in that bedroom for however many days it is or whatever. It's not a weekend, is it? I think it's longer than that. It's but a long time. I know it's a harder thing, but like in terms of the drug, but yeah, I just feel like we could have lost. I've already said it, but I'll just reiterate it quickly and we'll move on. But we could have lost maybe. I don't know. We could have lost something earlier on to have more of yes. a struggle is what I'm getting at. I think you're spot on, mate. I think you're absolutely spot on there. There's not enough of the battle they have in this scene for me. I, mean, it's, I think it's, you're, you're absolutely spot on. A TV show nowadays would tackle that a lot more. Maybe it's because the 90s, it's still a bit, should we be talking about this? Should not we not be talking about this? Yeah, you know? I mean, the only, the only, I suppose... Um, the only thing I can compare it to, and uh, bear with me when I start with this comparison, because it may not, you know, ring true straight away. But I can remember as a as a very young kid in the eighties, seeing my parents watching EastEnders. Now everyone's familiar with the character of Dot Cotton. Um, I'm assuming everyone of a certain age will remember her son Nick Cotton. Now, he was in EastEnders from the very first episode in 85, I think it is, it started. Uh, but he was a nasty piece of work, a fee for criminals as well. And he was a heroin addict. Yeah. And at, it terrified me as a kid seeing Dot forcing her son to kick the drugs by locking him in a bedroom and having to, you know various other people in, the, in Albert Square helping her out and so on. And that was before this was made. So I don't know if it's a difference in how much they can show from America to the US. I don't know if it's just because of the type of show Quantum Leap is. Or maybe, and it might be as simple as this, Benny, this just isn't as well written as it could have been. That, that could be a possibility. Again, maybe the time of day it was shown. You know, mm. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the watershed is. I assume it's nine o'clock like us. You know, you weren't having any swear words past nine and there was no... <sighs> sexual content or anything like that past nine you know in terms of programs or whatever it was so may it, it like i think i think i think i don't know man it's i, I mean i'm struggling to get the words out as you can tell but i it's this episode is i i'm shrugging my shoulders for people who are listening to the audio obviously i just don't really know how to i think you're right i think it could have been i've already said it i think you've said it well as well maybe they were too scared to go full on with it. And not that you could go full on with a type of show that quantum leap is. Um, but again, I feel like you don't necessarily have to go too deep with it, but you could have gone a little bit more. Yes. Scratching the surfaces in them. What's and what they did. Um, yeah, because I mean, the, the next scene where, where like you, like you, you explained it perfectly, Benny, they, they show her as a, has slept through Sunday. She wakes up, comes down to see uh, <laughs> Sam and, basically sam explains oh no it's monday we've got a shoot today you slept through the whole of sunday because she thinks it's the, the, the day before yeah of course but yeah. she's got and she's glowing and her hair looks fantastic and she's just stepped out the shower and she's got a towel wrapped around her and her she just looks wonderful and i'm thinking literally a, you know what 12 hours ago you were That's scratching the- around in the dirt to try and yeah. find a tablet it's a it's a bit bit of a quick yeah turn, it's you know i mean <sighs> Again, a simple writing tool. You could have gone. Maybe they've got a week off before. Maybe mm-hmm. by the end of the, maybe seven days, she's at least got the. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it would take at least forty eight hours. I have no idea. I'm not, you know, 
I know like when you take antibiotics for medicine, it can take a good 24 hours to get in your system or 12 hours or whatever it is. So what, I'm, what my point is, you could have maybe extended, maybe it was a long weekend. They didn't have to go back to Wednesday. So from yeah. Friday to Wednesday. And th- those things are tackled just by going, it's now Wednesday. <laughs> it's yeah, now, yeah, exactly. You know? Again, it's easy for us to sit here and go, we got, we got 2020 in times, you know, to look at the episode now. When you write them, you don't necessarily know. But again, as we've already stated, and the way you put it with the sender stuff, if they had spent a little bit more time on, because like you said, she slept, what, 24 hours, whatever it was, and now she's magically better. Um, and now, But we do see a little bit after that she's a bit antsy and get me some coffee, get me some coffee. And she's yeah, been actually quite a nice, she's, got, she's been quite a nice bubbly person up until that point. So whereas now we see her on set with these people going, can you get me a coffee? Go get me a coffee. Um, so she is trying. So, but uh-huh. again, like you said, she looked up. She didn't look like somebody who had woken up from essentially from a hangover, did she? Yeah, <laughs> this, is all, so. this is it. Um, we're effectively now, very quickly, at the end of the episode, aren't we? Really? There's there's a couple of things that go on here, but this is kind of the climax of the whole situation. We're at the photo shoot. Um, Edie is demanding coffee from Sam which is a bit of a weird one for me because Sam's the photographer and they have, you know, helpers, uh, assistants and so on who would normally fetch yeah. the coffee in these scenario, but whatever it works for the story. It's fine. Um, she asks for two sugars in her coffee. E- uh, sorry. Helen is basically saying, you need to take some pills, love. You look, a, you look a shitty mess out there, darling, sort yourself out. And she's like, Nope, I'm not doing it. I'm off them. I'm going to have some coffee. I'm going to be fine. And she's sticking to her guns. Fair play to Edie. Yeah. Uh, Sam goes and fetches the coffee, but Sam being an absolute freaking donor in this important situation, in this important moment, has forgotten the bloody sugar. So he nips back to get the sugar, and that's where Edie drops two of the biggest pills I've ever seen in my life into this into this coffee. I mean, these things are they're huge. You know, they they're they're absolutely gigantic. It's almost like they're kids' toys size. They're almost like the size of a toy car, these bloody things. And Within seconds, Sam has put the sugar in and Edie is drinking them. So you're telling yeah. me that they, they've not noticed it. It's dissolved. They've Ooh. not noticed the, how it's dissolved. That's them. lumpy coffee. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See, that I didn't, again, it's just a little bit of, you could have just done something slightly different with how it was written and have her ready to go out and shoot and have a conversation and then suddenly go, oh, I forgot my coffee. And 10 minutes has gone by, not necessarily 10 minutes in the show, because it's a, only a 45-minute yeah, program, yeah. but write it in a way that feels like more time has passed so that at least you can try and convince people that these pills would be you know, unable to be detected when she finally gets around to drinking the, drinking the, 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 the drink. She, I'm thinking about it now, right? So Sam made the drink. Helen's there trying to yes. get some pills. She says no. Ellie, uh, ED, not Ellie, is sat there. Um, oh, blah, blah, blah. Then Sam goes, oh, I forgot your sugar. When Helen turns around, she drops the pills into the coffee. Fine. But like you said, she drank it instantly. And like I said, those pills would never have done. The size they were, they are not, unless they're made of bloody sugar or some shit. Even then, if you ever dropped a lump of sugar in a coffee, it does not dissolve that quick. You've got to stir it. You've got to give it a couple of minutes at least. When they look at, they're basically, the the style of, sorry, Benny, to interrupt, but the style of pill they are, they're, they're effectively a capsule. So they're going to have the sort of plasticky kind of casing and inside would be a powder. They could have easily had her split them open and tip the powder in. 
then Sam returns, stirs the sugar, and it, it it's still too, it's still very very fast. But you can almost then think, okay, well they've dissolved the powder and stirred it. But these yeah. bloody great pills are just sat in the sat in the drink. Okay, that's another way of doing it. the way you just explain that is a lot better. What I had in my head. So yeah, so actually, what what should have happened then? Sam brings the coffee over, puts it down. Oh, I forgot your sugar. No problem. She sat. Edie sat in a chair, so she's not looking. Helen's like, okay, well I understand. She could have done that way. Turned around, yep. spit the pills like you said. Tip the innards into the into this coffee. Sam comes back with the sugar. Here's your sugar. She pops the Ellie pops it. Oh, Ellie Edie pops the bloody part packet. <laughs> puts the sugar in, stirs it herself, and that way that yeah, yeah. Sat in a, so that would have made more sense. All the other one was going to be Sam brings back the sugar. Here's the sugar. Helen goes, oh, I'll put that in for her. Um, and uh, he goes, okay, cool. Are you ready for your shoot now? She goes, oh, I just need to pop to the bathroom. Okay, no problem. Come straight over after. And then she comes back. Come on, we need to shoot. Gulps of coffee. Off we go. Giving it just, yeah. But your way was a lot better. Just split the pills, stir it in with the sugar. Funny. It's, it's just so silly. It's the just show can be absolutely amazing, but there are elements of this within this show sometimes. Again, I don't. I I feel bad even saying this, even though we don't know anybody from the show. But it's just like, it's just lazy. Yeah, that could have been done so much better, and it wouldn't have taken any more time for Helen to spit those tablets and do it slightly different. Here, I'll I'll, I'll stir your coffee for you, and then you could even go, "Why are you still trusting this woman when she's stirring your coffee?" (laughs) Mm. You know, Um, you're right, 100. percent One little nice touch here, though, is when Edie is asking for the coffee. Um, we know the drill in these kind of places. They're all in these like plastic um, cups, these disposable things like that. Al starts shouting, <laughs> not in a styrofoam cup. These things don't <laughs> decompose for millions. That was 100% uh, yeah. Dean Stockwell. Yeah, his, in, you know, we've environmental. Talked about this, haven't we? Yeah. In the uh, Sea Bride episode. Yes. Um, yeah, it, we get that in now. We get elements throughout, but yeah. Yeah, I love that. It just That's Dean Stockwell, as you said. I've heard um, different... Um, interviews with like them and mainly Scott uh, Scott Bakula uh, who's plays Sam um, talking about Dean fondly about like he you know talking about rubbish and you know that bit in Sea Bride where he talks about the rubbish being dumped in the ocean uh-huh. is 100% Dean Stockwell adding that into yes. that show so yeah exactly exactly um, Edie goes back to the shoot uh, again we don't know how much time has passed I'm guessing a little while because the pills have took an effect now and so on and I mean she's she's off her rocker now she's buzzed up she's she's happy she's got a massive grin she lets her hair down she's spraying champagne all over the place and then she starts picking on Paul Snowball who is the lion from the previous shoot she's splashing the lion spraying the lion with champagne which okay might make for a good picture but it's pissing the lion off lion reacts badly as you can imagine chases ed across uh, a lawn sam gives chase um and then the lion's dealt with quite quickly which at first pissed me off ed basically passes out at this point behind a table and chairs al finds her and we get this effect of al the hologram standing there calling Sam and then the lion coming through Al, which I thought was quite yeah. good for the time. Yeah. Um, but then the, the handler, the lion handler turns up and goes, Oh, I've got his lead here. Let me get rid of him. Initially that pissed me off. And I was like, well, no, cause that, w- that is kind of how I suppose it could potentially happen. So I was fine with that because yeah. we need to get onto the more pressing issue of this is when she ODs. The only thing I will moan, I, I understand why you pissed off. Cause I was, but the biggest thing for me 
all the stuff you mentioned, I was like, for goodness sake, but the way the trainer approached the lion was very nonchalant. Like, oh, I've got the lead. I'll sort him out. No, yeah. like, I was, I wanted the, the trainer just again, a little couple of seconds just to be sort of holding his hand up, go, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, Calm down, I've mate. Got, I've got, I've got him. Now let's go. Rather Come than just, I've got him. Yeah. He literally just walked in like, I've got his lead. There you go. I'll take yeah. him for a walk. And it was just- Snowball, I, I forget to mention, Benny, Snowball before chasing ED and Sam, Snowball's, had a, I think, is um, one of the, the business partners or just a hanger-on. Um, Snowball's just had a chomp on a guy in a bush as well, mind, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, yes. You know? <laughs> it's um, it's a bit different from a dog bite. I mean, dog biting you is obviously bad, but a lion freaking wouldn't just bite you, take your freaking big chunk out of you out. So, hmm. yeah, I just, I, the, the, the trainer could have been a bit more like, I mean, not go full on like Owen from Jurassic World or anything with the Raptors, but just a little bit more approaching him a bit slower because yeah. this lion has just lost his temper. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure he's calmed down. I'm scratching behind the ear for all I care. Just, he just literally, I've got his lead. There we go. Goodbye. It, I can't even, in audio form, I can't tell you. It was literally just a very nonchalant, like, I got him. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Again, it's just um, no, I feel like they're rushing to get to the end now. Yeah, exactly. Sense, you know, uh, we then get the moment that I think I mentioned last week on the waiting room here of my lasting memory of this episode before I rewatched it, and that's Sam walking. Back then, it was just to me, oh, he was walking the model, but now I know it as Edie to try and keep her awake until the ambulance arrives because yeah. she's ODing. And they're talking and she's talking about the, the farm and her family. And then she's trying to, you know, it, Sam basically is trying to keep her together. This is after, by the way, uh, Sam checks her pulse, but he checks her pulse with his thumb. Bear in mind, Sam is a qualified doctor. You wouldn't check your pulse with the thumb. He's it's, forgot he's a doctor. I'll, I'll stick up for him. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll go along with that. Um, <laughs> thankfully, though, the walking and keeping her awake and talking to her, it, it lasts long enough for the ambulance to arrive. The ambulance takes Edie away. We still don't 100% know what's going on yet, if everything's all right, but it seems to be calming down a touch because medical care and attention has arrived. Yeah, And then we get a scene that I actually, as critical as I've been of this episode of Quantum Leap, I don't like being critical because I love the show, but I've got to be honest with, w- with what I've seen. Yeah, We then get a scene that I think was filmed really, really well. An incredibly, incredibly smart bit of, of filming. Helen is turning around then to the money people and Byron and saying, don't blame me. It's not my fault. When they, they're saying it is your fault. You gave her the pills. She's not well. You, yeah. you know, this uh, and uh, Sam has turned around and point blank said, "This is attempted murder. I'm going to make sure you get done for this if she dies." Yeah, that was really Helen, good. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Helen, at this point now, we've got a camera looking at effectively the ambulance drives away. Helen isn't center of the image, but she's kind of just off center, yeah. and the camera slowly rises a little bit, showing people around, which is what happens. Everyone sort of mingles around the at the end of, of the course, ambulance, yeah. and so, right? And she's. Again, this is where the, the, the whole Helen taking the drugs thing really becomes prominent for me because she's twitching. She's on edge. She's scratching her skin and the paranoia is coming out more like we saw with Edie earlier on in the flat. And Helen is shouting, it's okay, I'll find other girls better to the money guys. Yeah, but she goes, they, she goes from begging, doesn't she, to then yes. 
I can, I, I can, we're okay, we're okay, aren't we? Especially Byron. I mean, Byron's nice enough to give her a hug, but he, even he walks away from her. Like, so I don't like the fact that Byron got away scot free because I think he was a piece of shit, and I don't think he was. I think he was maybe not part of what was going on, but I think he was aware. I think um, he knew. <laughs> I suppose he could plead ignorance. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, he was always the one that was given the what's wrong with her, what's wrong with her all the time. So that then that then kicked Helen into gear to give her the pills. Now, whether he knew about them, I, we don't really know, but he seemed a bit of a party boy at the restaurant drinking the champagne and singing yeah. and down in the bottle and stuff. So, yeah, which we didn't really mention until now. But um, the yeah. wide shot you're talking about, by the way, um, you rarely see that, to be fair, because you normally get close up of people's faces or whatever. But like, it was—I think it was quite good. I know Al was stood there as well. I thought Al was going to say something, but he didn't. So, well, well, as you've already painted yeah. the picture, everybody's around sort of the area, and then they all kind of—the ambulance is gone. Now they're all looking at Helen, and these people are almost—you don't. Some of them do shake their head and sort of walk away. Others are just like looking like in disgust at her, and it's like her that wide shot. I thought they were going to cut away, but they kept it. And it's like her world is disappearing around yes. her. You know, it's really that's good. exactly what I was going to get to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, she she goes to the the money men and Byron. They walk away. She then turns to these two other girls and says, "You can be my models. I know you're keen." They look at her in disgust and walk away. She then turns to Sam. Sam then walks away, and Helen is left literally on her own. But the only one left is Al, who obviously she can't see. And it's just an empty scene. And as as that moment happens, the camera spans out a little bit further. Not much. It's not a huge zoom out, just a touch more. And that's when Al hits the hand link and disappears. And it really, and she stood there scratching her own arm on her own. And it really yeah. shows how, I mean, I was going to say how lonely she is and how everyone's abandoned her. But the way you worded it, Benny, was spot on. Her whole world has literally just fell apart and walked away from her at that moment. And yeah. I kind of think, Fuck you! You deserve it. To be fair, well, there, yeah, she's done it to herself. Yes, she's done it to herself. Um, she almost killed somebody in the process, um, but she's done it to herself. And I get, you know, normally you get that wide shot, uh, but I love the fact that it stayed there. Um, it's probably mm. one of the best things about the episode in terms of that sort of like it's very clever. Um, this falls away, this goes away, that's gone, that's gone, that's gone, and then she then she goes to the point of fine, I don't need any of you, and blah 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 the usual. Yeah. But then actually, she's like crying and you know scratching and whatever she's doing and like distraughting like oh god so she's made that last comment of like fine i don't need any of you actually you do <laughs> to be mm. fair so our next and final kind of scene i guess is back at what i assume is carl's apartment um he's talking to Edie. she seems quite happy she's going back home she's going back to the farm um she's obviously got a bit of cash now and all this sort of stuff so she's going back home to get herself together and um, what i found was really strange was they have this little interaction and this little thing about i'm going home oh, i'm happy for you i'm glad everything's okay and then sam shuts the the door whilst Edie is still there leaning forwards with a big smile on her face to the point where i thought he shut the not slammed it but she hasn't turned to walk away. They haven't even said goodbye. Sam just shuts the door, and it was just really weird. It's like I can imagine Edie's nose literally you know, hitting you know, the door you, you on the other side. Yeah, you obviously don't know why, though. You, why you, you, it's, a, it's an elevator. It's a lift. Right. 
So he needs to close the door for the lift to go down. So the lift is supposed to go down. Uh, it hasn't yet. So, but I like the interaction. Okay. See, it turns out she lives in Indiana and all this kind of stuff that we found out earlier on. Um, I love that. And she goes, oh, look up Sam Beckett and all this, which would be a bit weird if she actually did, because I've got a cousin in yeah. New York who's a photographer. No, I haven't. Um, so it yeah, weird yeah. Sam didn't did think it. that through, did he? No, he didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's put, if you watch it back, he pulls the thing across and then you got to close the door for the lift to work. But yeah, she, there was a bit awkward, must have just like smiling. Hello. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's like, you know, step back a bit, love or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> how did you feel about her? Because there was a, of the scene we talked about earlier where they end up scrapping and she tries to use her womanly ways to get him into bed, essentially. And then Sam doesn't do that, the Boy Scout that he is. Um, she makes a comment of like, why didn't you? And he was like, I like his comeback of like, mm. was I supposed to? Um, then they have a bit of a kiss and obviously they say goodbye. But I like the Indiana stuff and the linking back to Sam because we just had Sam in Indiana in a couple of episodes pr- uh, prior. Um, so even though we can't go home, he, I think I think it's a nice little moment for Sam. And like a, again, he's helped somebody and he gets to go back to somewhere where he's from. So in a weird way, I think that is a nice little moment for me. Anyway, I thought it was, and I thought it was nice for Sam. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's, he's he's saying he's literally saying the words to Al, isn't he? She's going to be okay. Because she's going yeah. home, and there's that little look from the pair of them where you sort of think, "Oh, he needs to get back, doesn't he?" You know? Yeah, the, I felt that while with Sam, I didn't see it, and um, I must must miss it with Al. But when I, she'll be all right, how do you know? Oh, she's going home, and there's just that look of Sam's like smiling, but then there's that look of like, a lack of a better way of putting it. I wish I could too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, and we don't we don't get it very often. In fairness, we have moments of Sam losing his rag and i want to go home and i've had enough of this and i'm sick of this and but he always does the right thing um mm. sometimes he's a dick about it but generally he's a good guy to be fair um yeah. frustrating i think we'd like we actually you know what as we've been watching his backside i've just realized when i when we first started talking about doing this i my head was like sam doesn't get frustrated that often but actually he does he gets a lot more frustrated about doing certain things or time traveling or not being home more than I remembered in a good way. I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because in yeah. my head, I thought he didn't because the, the idea is every time he leaps, he gets slightly Swiss cheesed again to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the fact we do see the frustration on him um, enough that you, like I said, just that look, maybe we're reading into it too much as people watching it. I don't know, but I think there was a look of him going, she gets to go home. Doesn't say it, but you can see it on his face. Like I wish I could. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, this is when Sam leaps, yeah. and he arrives in a very old-looking, almost gothic-esque kind of atmosphere. Music playing. He's wearing clothes that fit that ilk of where he is. He looks at a book and starts to basically just <laughs> proclaiming, what, 1879? Yeah. And then that's the end of the episode. So obviously the cliffhanger we have is, is Sam in 1879? Now we know, Benny, that he is not. And we will get on to where he actually is and what's going on in the next episode in a moment. But we do have to rate this episode. So uh, <clears throat> one strobe too far, out of five. What are you thinking, mate? Do you think the episode could have been just called Too Far? Or even one stroke. I don't know. One strobe. Too There's far. a reference. One. The saying "one strobe too far" is yeah. some kind of reference. I think it might be a drugs reference, but "strobe" is a word that's been 
placed in there instead. I think it is like a drug reference or an OD oh, okay. reference or one something to, I've, I think it's a play on words, but the actual oh, saying I, I can't recall right at this moment. So um, give us your rating and your final thoughts and I'll see what I can see what I can find while you're doing that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. When we started this, I, I think I was going to say it's a one. There are some good moments in it. There, overall, the story is what it is. It's not. I don't think it's breaking any barriers. I don't think it's. Um, it isn't the. It isn't one of the best of Quantum Leap. Put it this way, uh, for me personally. Um, after talking about it, as per usual, I feel you know the wide shot at the end, as we talked about, was one of the best bits in it. Um, Al's. You know, he has a bit of smut in it and he's generally okay. I like his jacket <laughs> and his clothing yeah. is really good. Um, Sam is actually all right. I feel, as I've already said, the scene scenes that could have been better if they'd have to maybe taken out the... Um, you could take something out of the beginning and just have a, a slightly longer recovery process to show that it isn't like, oh, after a weekend, I'll be drug-free and I won't crave it ever again. Um to the point where she has to be drugged by her agent. You know, do you know what I mean? So it would have been nice to see a bit more of a struggle there. Uh, but my rating, mate, I think, is, uh, uh, to be honest, I was going to say a 2, but I think it might be a 1.5 overall, which I think might be one of the lowest I've rated, apart from the teacher one in season one. Um, there are good moments in it. Um, like I said, some of the camera work is good. The music's good. There's a few flops uh, with um, some of the, the you know, obviously with the whole Twiggy thing. Um one thing I did want to bring up quickly was the um, the scene in the bridge where Edie passes out. Mm-hmm. It's actually the same bridge and pond used in Little House on the Prairie, apparently. And it was oh, also yeah, I read this. Yeah. It, it was also used in an episode, the pilot episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. So a little little trivia there, which has nothing to do with the episode necessarily. But yeah, overall, um, this isn't one I'm going to be going back to on a regular basis. I actually forgot no. quite a lot about it. I remember it being. As I was watching it, because I couldn't remember anything, but as I was watching it, I was very, oh, this is the drug thing, I think, and she takes too many or somebody gives her too many or she's trying to, yeah, she's trying to do too much or too much pressure. I can't, um, so put it this way, I've seen better shows that are on and there's a bloody good episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where they deal with the drug thing very well. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Around the similar sort of time as well, because Fresh Prince ran from what? 89 to 93, 94, 95. Like that, yeah, but the episode where uh, it's an episode where Will gets too a bit like overwhelmed with school, trying to be on the basketball team, trying to go to dances, trying to do social things, trying to do all these things as a student and trying to, you know, but he was just burning himself out. And then he got some stuff off a friend that he was going to take, but then decided not to. But Carlton found him, thought they were vitamins, and he ended up taking a load and almost OD'd on them. Well, he did OD on them and then he died. So, and the way they dealt with that in Fresh Prince was, I'm sorry, I love Quantum Leap. I'm a massive Quantum Leap fan. I feel like it was a lot better. Yeah, okay, it's not addiction as, as such, but it's about the peer pressure of it. And I thought it was done, maybe it's, maybe it's not fair to compare, but I feel like I would rather watch that and show that as a good example of peer pressure of taking it and why you shouldn't take it. Around the same time as well, the uh, the old, oh, you know, early 90s TV show Saved by the Bell 
had quite a prominent drugs episode as well. I can't remember anything about it, but I remember there being one that was would have been again a similar kind of time frame, nineteen ninety nine or ninety two ish kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, with regards to one strobe over the line, I, I don't know if I've made that up. I don't know where I've got that from. Um, <laughs> I can't. I can't actually find any reference to that. The only thing I can find is um, you know, one one step too far. But that's not necessarily yeah. a drug reference. Maybe I, mean, I, I get just made that up in my own yeah, head. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I get. I get why it's called it because of he's a photographer and mm-hmm. one too many pictures. I don't know. One too many bloody yeah. photo shoots. I guess. But it's just. Um, yeah. One point. I think I'm being generous with a one point five, and I and I don't like rating them that low because I want to be able to go to every Quantum Leap's an amazing show. They're all five. Yeah. Out of five. Yeah. They're not because I love many other shows, and there's a lot of shows you have to kind of. And again, we've talked about this, and I think on the previous episode, if not the one before, I did at least, where I said sometimes twenty-four episodes isn't necessary to tell your story. Mm-hmm. So, yes, indeed. Um, you say you think you might have gone a bit low with one point five. Maybe you feel a bit bad, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I've gone lower. I've gone a flat one for this, mate. I didn't. I, it's quantum leap, so I enjoyed it. But I agree with you. I will not go yeah. back and watch again um i'm glad we've got this out of the way there's a lot wrong with it uh, it's not i suppose the biggest issue i have is that there's potential there and it could have been done a lot better i so, think yeah just, i think we discussed that through the episode didn't we yeah. yeah a one did you say sorry yes, yeah a one. okay well i don't yeah. think we've had I, don't, I think that's still pretty good i don't think um we've rated a zero yet <laughs> no <laughs> so not yet, not uh, yet. Uh, i don't know We'll see. Anyway, we'll see. Um, some good ones still to come, though. Um, I, I, if we were, again, I don't think we did this this time, did we, for season three? But if we were to recommend episodes from this season, unfortunately, I don't think this would be one of them. No, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> definitely not. Um, one that I know you are excited about is the one we're going to cover next time on The, the Winter Man. Yes, indeed. Now, do you want to talk us through what you can remember and why you're so excited about this? Um, normally, I would. I remember a lot about this. I'm excited to watch it. I feel if I talk about it, I may give a lot away before we yes. actually do it, so I don't want to do that. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm hoping it stands up in my... Because in my head, right now, I will say... The Boogeyman is probably easily a four, maybe even a five out of five for me. Oh, see, so, I think you're putting that high, but okay. So, well, you know, it's one of the first ones that scared me when I was younger because oh, okay. of what was going on. Um, I haven't watched it for many years, so I, I don't want to go too much. I normally would, but I remember... I remember, I remember how it ends and everything to a degree. I don't remember necessarily all the intricate details through the episode but i remember i remember a lot so i don't want to give it away is what i'm getting at so so um but i reckon it's at least uh, an absolute minimum i would say 3.5 in my head an absolute minimum so hopefully it lives up to that um to that to that score interesting uh, like said, okay well what now, about you then what about you here we go what about you then? i i remember quite a bit about this but yeah not from my first time watching it. I remember this because Quantum Leap is being re-shown again at the moment on the Sci-Fi channel. 
and it airs at like three, four, five o'clock. They do a couple of episodes in the afternoon and so on. A couple of yeah. weeks ago, um, <laughs> I got, got in from work, had a shower, made a cup of tea, sat down, flicking through the channels, nothing on, saw Quantum Leap. I just clicked on it and started watching it. It was halfway through this particular episode. I remembered nothing about this particular episode at all until oh, okay. it got to the end. Until it got to the end, and we got the the thing at the end, which we're not going to talk about right now. And I was like, "Oh yeah!" And then it all came flooding back to me. Yeah. So I'm going to be intrigued to to watch it again from the beginning, knowing what I now know and things. It's a shame, really, you, you well. didn't watch. It's a shame, really, that you've watched it before. Yeah, yeah it is. But, it yeah, is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, I didn't watch all of it, so I'm, I'm quite intrigued as to how things get pieced together for me. Um, there's a lot to dive into with this as well. Lots of fan theories, lots of ideas as to which way the plot works and uh, other stuff. Oh, okay. And there's also something that I I need to do a lot more research into before we record. But are you aware that this episode in Quantum Leap fandom is supposedly thought to be kind of jinxed or cursed or something? Oh, really? No, yeah, I, to the well, like not what I, in, uh, on the level of like Macbeth. <laughs> no, what? Well, well, there are people who believe that you shouldn't say the name of it when you're recording podcasts or writing blogs and and no, typing well, stuff up on your website and so on. If I die tonight, then it's your. You didn't should have told me this beforehand. No, 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 because <laughs> apparently there's there's something to do with. Um, uh, again, I'm going off the top of my head here. I've read very brief notes. I need to proper dive into this. So excuse me if I'm wrong, but apparently certain homes didn't get to see this episode because of a power outage and um, things happened on set that didn't shouldn't happen and was a bit creepy and so on. But a lot of it is to do with, I think the fandom running away with this idea and creating this myth. That's not real, but I listened to other people talk quantum leap online and i read blogs and so on and there's quite a few who talk about this episode and they only refer to it as the halloween episode or they write the boogeyman but they write the b and then have asterisks so there might be some mindsets going into this that believe in this kind of myth but again, I need to really look into it because, you know, you type into Google cursed quantum leap episode and it just comes up with a curse of Patu Tep or however you pronounce it. So you need to, I'm going to need to look a little bit deeper into this. So, oh man, I'm going to have to, I didn't know, no, I didn't know anything about that to be fair. Um, I mean, again, I'm, I'm strongly thinking it's complete bullshit and nonsense and somebody has just escalated this myth and I've heard nonsense from somewhere. But it's going to be in- interesting yeah. reporting back next time we speak, Benny. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm interested now because the way I've said that, and I'm like, yeah, definitely a four or a five out of five. And you're like, really? And I'm like, oh, okay. So this might be a, one of those rare occasions where, because we score relatively yeah, close, close yeah. together. I think sometimes I go higher, sometimes you go higher, but generally we're in the ballpark. So mm. I'm interested to know now. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm actually thinking, because I as before we end the show, I normally watch these on Now TV or on a okay. streaming service of some kind. And that, because of the content, I don't remember, like I said, whether there's anything in there that would be now considered to be cut. I don't know. Right, um, okay. But I'm quite tempted to watch this one on DVD because of, just in case, I guess. Or, because, mm. you know, I'm, although having said that, I watch it on Now TV, then I can go, they've cut that, and be angry about it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I don't remember enough about it, even though I watched it back, kind <laughs> of, last 20 minutes or whatever it was. So, yeah, look I'm intrigued. To yeah, and me, and me. But yeah, before right. we go, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find your good self online <laughs> and anything you are involved in, please? 
as per usual, at Benny Mac on X, B E triple M Y M A C K. It's still weird to say X, not Twitter, but that's where I'm at yeah. mainly. Um, Paranormal Junkie on it, and uh, Paranormal at Power Junkie UK on, um, on X as well. Obviously, at SJP World Media is where my stuff is. Um, second episode is actually out now, Power Junkie UK, for people that have may have not checked it out yet. That's actually a conversation we had on a different show that you said, oh, you can use that if you like. And so I did. Um, yeah. The, the power junkie thing is something that I want to do. As I've already said, it's just a case of getting the people or the stuff together into like a case file. So, cause I want to be able to like talk about it and with, you know, with good authority and research basically. So, so that's just, this is why these episodes are only like out generally once a month. Uh, maybe a tad longer sometimes, depending on what's going on. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that's where you can find me basically. Mainly at SGP World Media. <laughs> so um, fair enough, fair enough. And it's it's basically the same for me. Anything I'm involved in, you can find via the network that carries this show. That's at SGP World Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube, Spotify, all your podcast players, platforms, and providers. Of course, uh, make sure you're following. Oh, sorry, go on. No, go on. You you carry on, mate. I'm just going to say, I'm hoping to make a few more appearances on some other SJP things here. And now, our Doctor yeah, Who pod, I think my Doctor Who pod episode is coming out soon, or if it's already out, I'm not sure because I know I listened to your first two. Um, I think I'm on yes. the next one. So the draft is, yeah, it came out the other day. Yeah, yeah, a weird concept that Dan came out with for the Doctor Who pod. Not weird, yeah. but very creative. I'll go with that instead. Oh. 100%. The guy worked really hard on that. Really good stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's always nice to pop in and say hello to these things that you're not necessarily always involved in. Um, I'm hoping at some point, because obviously in the corners, no more. Maybe I'll be on Tyler's takedowns at some point, get the band yeah. back together for every now and again to have a conversation about whatever. Because I still watch wrestling. It's just, it's a lot going on, obviously. So yeah, I want to do course. other things. So. Without a doubt. Um, like I said, all my shows you can track down uh, via SJP World Media, uh, but you can find this show itself on Facebook and Twitter at watching. Oh, fuck me. I'm, st- <laughs> I'm tired. I'm hungry. My arm hurts because my little girl beat me up earlier, but that's a story for another day. You, um, she deserved, you deserved it, rather. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I did. But it was anyway. funny at the time. Um, at waiting room pod underscore on Facebook and Twitter or X or whatever it may well be. So make sure you're following us there. But most of all, just you know, if you follow at SJP World Media on all your socials, there you get links to all the shows anyway. So there we go, Benny. This has been a blast. I'm really, really looking forward to the next episode. It's going to, I mean, it's going to be a brilliant conversation. I will speak to you there, my friend. I didn't do it last time, I don't think so. Time to leap outside. <laughs>